0: So, last month we did a challenge that revolved around journaling and reflection and thinking about memory. But before we talk about that, I wanted to announce the challenge for this month. I know we're a couple days in, so we're going to call it a three, three and a half week challenge for April. But here's what you do pick something that you've wanted to do for a long time or, or you just think would be a fantastic thing new habit. Uh, for me, I'm going to be playing piano, which is something I haven't done in years, or at least I haven't been able to get a sustained habit of, of playing piano going. Um, and what you're going to do is you're going to pick a specific cue. So it, it could be, you know, I wake up and I grab a cup of coffee and that's what cues me to go do this thing. It could be, I mean, worst case, you just set a reminder every day at the same time or something, but I think ideally it's something a little more organic. You, you identify the cue, and then you go do this thing for two minutes and that's it and your your objective here—now this i know this is a little bit controversial let's get to that but your objective is to focus all of your energy all the effort all the excitement that you have about this thing that you've always wanted to do and you're gonna you're gonna take that and and smear it across the entire month to where Every day you're going to you're going to have that excitement about making this habit. Not about doing a thing, not about becoming the best piano player in the world, about making this new habit that you have so far failed to do. What are you going to do?
1: I'm going to start writing uh, fiction. Something I've just always kind of wanted to do. I've always had little ideas that i've always wanted to write about and always been a little too scared to write about them yeah i think i always expected to be able to write before starting to write so right which i'm style. just going to start writing so every day uh after i take my shower at night i'm just going to sit down and and write for two minutes
0: <laughs> okay Now i know that i i get that the two minute thing is a little bit controversial right so I am going to start out for the first week being pretty strict about I will do it for, for two minutes. If you, if you want to interpret this a little bit differently, you could say, okay, the, the challenge is to do it for two minutes, so that's your goal, and then if if you keep going after that, that's fine, but, you know, you you check off the day if you did two minutes, right? So I, I'm kind of fine with that. You I mean, this is something that we made up to do right it's not like this is uh, the word of god and how you have to do this (laughs) thing but just at, at least understand the spirit of this which is to invest as much of your energy as you can into establishing the habit not the thing because the the logic behind it is that we tend to not recognize how truly difficult it is to create a habit that stays around and sticks in our lives and we invest all of our energy just into the thing we get super excited we're just like oh man I'm playing piano now and you do it for hours and hours and then sure enough you fizzle out and again this is something you have failed to do so far so you know if it's going to be different this time you got to do something different with it so that that's the goal and you can you can interpret the the time rule how you want but i'm going to be pretty strict about it at least to start with
1: yeah i think that's a good plan okay but okay That'll be at the end of the month. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk more about that later. But the last month, we wrote in our journals every night, trying to, to recall things that happened during the day. Just to see... Well, it started out kind of as this experiment of memory. How much can you recall? And does it help you remember things on a regular basis? But then it kind of spun out of control into what are all the cool things you can do with writing and journaling? And I don't know, this kind of went in all different directions. At least for me, it did. Oh no, Uh, same. Same. But I guess let's start out with the actual challenge, which was writing about your day. How did that go for you? So
0: (laughs) here's what I want to say first. And this is not a very deep observation. This is kind of shallow, but (laughs) I bought a, a moleskin, Moleskine, whatever, journal, right? One of those little super thin ones that you can fit in your pocket really nicely. And it, it, it fits great in my back pocket. At the bookstore, I found they, they sold these little like adhesive pen thingies that you just kind of oh, stick on there. They're really cheap. And then it just holds the pen and it, it's just the right width where it still fits in my pocket, right? So it's like, it all just kind of lines up right. And then I I was carrying this in my back pocket and I was thinking, man, it's kind of annoying because my wallet is sort of thick. So I wind up with this really thick back pocket. So I shopped around on Etsy and found this little like leather kind of wallet. I don't know. Super slim thingy. Do you have one too? I actually had bought
1: the exact same one. Did you really?
0: That's super lame. A couple months ago. Yeah. Great. It was kind of funny. Good job us. Um, so so now it's really flat and it sits in my pocket really nice. And it's like, you know, this nice brown leather thing. So I never mind actually writing in it. It makes me really happy. It's hard to explain, but it just it sparks joy for me having this thing with me all the time and I, I can't I I'm not going to get into this conversation but I just I can't help but compare it to a phone because it occupies the same spot on my body right you know back pocket I can reach for my phone or I can reach for this little journal thing and the the journal just creates a different feeling where my phone always wants something from me it has its own agenda and everything that goes with that, but every time I open the phone, it's trying to get me to get sucked into something and whatever and all that, right? But this doesn't. This is just mine, and I can write in it. I can make a grocery list, or I can. It has no bad
1: intentions, right? Yeah, it doesn't. Intentions against you? Yeah.
0: It's just, it's just, it's just here for me. Like it's here for me, and my phone has its own agenda. I'm here for it. I'm, you know, it's trying to get me to something, you know. Trying to get me to up somebody's monthly active user count to get more investment, whatever.
1: Well, this is exactly why I told you that you should use paper instead of your computer. Yeah, when we I was talking about this originally. Yeah.
0: I was very annoyed at that. You were super right. Great job. This just makes me, I, I, again, this is a very surface level observation.
1: but Yeah, but I think that's, I don't know. I think that's actually really important. Yeah. That... We just forget that paper and pen are actually really, I don't know, they're so tactile and yeah. they're just fun.
0: And if I sit down and I write in the journal, I'm never upset that I did that. Yeah. I never get done journaling and go, oh my god, it happened again. Why can't I quit this? Every night I get sucked <laughs> into my journal and I, just, I want to stop, but I just... No, it's... It, like, leaves me happy. And it just makes me think that in my life, I want to do more things that are like that. Like, why don't I prioritize stuff that makes me... That, that I walk away from thinking, yeah, I, f- I'm, I feel better than before. Whereas I, often enough, wind up doing stuff that's the opposite.
1: Well, I'm really glad you said that because I, I've had this love of sketchbooks for so long. So I have all these black moleskin sketchbooks... But then now I'm getting the, and I used to have them for writing, but now I'm getting them again. And now I got like yeah. five or six of them. And I don't know. It's just really fun. Yeah.
0: yeah. There's something just really satisfying about it. It's like buying a pair of boots that, you know, are going to last a really long time. Like, yeah, yeah. we're going to be together for a while. It's just a nice <laughs> feeling. right? It really is.
1: Okay. Well, let's move on to what you actually wrote about.
0: Well okay so I just it, I just talked for a while you, you what did what did you write about I mean
1: okay so at the very beginning of the challenge I was I was doing really good and what I would do is you just have a normal day and then at the end of the day you sit down and you write about all the stuff that happened in the day so I'd sit down set the timer for 10 minutes and then start writing about the day and I'd be like okay I woke up at this time I had coffee and then I <laughs> went outside whatever and then the timer would go off, and I'm like, "Oh okay, I got about fifteen minutes into my day and <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. so I'd have to set it again and again and again, and it it ended up taking me like an hour and a half to get through my day, and that's you know rushing through a lot yeah. of parts of it, and so I realized that there is just I can't write down everything in the day, so I started changing that to where some days I would skip over the morning routine because it was basically the same and then I'd start sometimes I'd start at lunchtime at work you know or or whatever just at, at some point of the day that seemed a little bit more important I'd start then but I realized that I can actually remember a good amount of stuff which I think by the way everyone was talking about that seemed to be the case everyone was pretty surprised at what they're able to remember but what I thought was interesting Is that all the stuff I was remembering, if I had not been doing this little journal thing, I never ever would have thought about it again. And that was kind of eye-opening about all the stuff that happens during the day that I just will never ever think about again. Because there's just no reason for me to think about. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Did did that happen to you too? I mean we're clearly a bit obsessed
0: with the idea of spaced repetition. And I I would like to make the argument that just memory is spaced repetition. That's That's how you remember stuff. And in a way, it's like this is the simplest, most straightforward form of spaced repetition, which is something happens that creates a memory, but it's ephemeral and it starts to fade. And then you sit down and you try to recall that thing. And so you after some duration of time, you recall it. And it's actually surprising sometimes how much you can recall. And that kind of crystallizes this memory a little bit where it, it tells your brain, hey, this thing, we're thinking about it again. Maybe it's kind of important. And let's hang on to that rather than just throw it out when we, you know, get rid of right. everything and start fresh for the next day. But and I, th-
1: I've noticed. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, just there. I, uh, I went over to a friend's house. Same and I. And it was just kind of a casual, like, hey, come over, we got a new fire things, so we'll hang out in the backyard by the fire pit. And we were there for an hour, hour and a half, something like that. And we just, you know, had a drink and talked and hung out and it was nice. And then I went home and I had I think already journaled some that day. And so it was the next day, or maybe even the day after, where um I think it was I think it was Ryan saying something in the Discord about how like he was trying to recall stuff from days before it's like oh i'm gonna try to do that so i basically just journaled about this little evening where we went over there and it's was actually really cool to sit there and think back and at first i'm like i don't really remember what we talked about but i'm thinking about it and then it starts to come to me like oh yeah actually this was a pretty interesting conversation and i kind of learned this this thing about you know, I don't know. Just all the stuff we talked about, and I'm like right. unraveling it all, and it's a surprising amount of stuff, and I still remember it now, because I, I know that I never would. Have. I wouldn't have even remembered that we did that, but the fact that right. I had to recall it all and even write it down just burnt that into my head a little bit, and it, it actually like there's some interesting takeaways from some of the conversations that we had and everything. So yeah, my answer is yes, definitely.
1: Yeah, it, it's almost like. The, the first time you watch a movie, you know, you really enjoy it and it's great. But there's so many things that you miss that you don't realize you missed until you mm-hmm. watch it again a second time. And then it, it's a, almost a whole different experience. And I kind of felt that way when I was writing about events because, you know, I'm remembering what's happening. But then I'm also thinking about the context of everything. Yeah. And it, it's almost like you, you experience it in this different way. And you find these deeper meanings in just simp- very simple things that happen.
0: That's actually a really good point. You know, in the moment you don't have context; you're in the moment. You're having to absorb information as it comes. But yeah. after the fact, you get to see it all, and you can kind of think, "Hey, I want to hang on to this. This is kind of important." Or I, I see how this connects to other parts of my life now.
1: Yeah, and there was there was a couple times where I'm writing. And you know, I'd write down. Oh, and he said this. And then I was thinking, well, wait a minute, did did he say that because of this thing that happened? Like I never considered yeah. that in the moment. I just kind of accepted it happening. But thinking back of the context, it might have been different than the way I interpreted it at in the moment. So it it was definitely interesting. But there were other times, which I found myself being very unable to remember exact conversations so one day i get to work and i go into this elevator with you know one of my friends and, and another coworker, and we ride the elevator and we leave the elevator we go into the office and then we sit down at our desks super simple so i'm trying to write it down that evening and i remember that somebody tells a joke but i cannot remember a single word that any of us said for the entire time that we were together i'm sitting there trying really really hard to remember anything we talked about and all i remember was that there was a joke i have no idea what it was about no idea what we talked about anything that was said and it was just so kind of alarming that you know this was i don't know it's just how many of those experiences just disappear it was so weird i could remember the situation but none of the words it was as if it was a, a silent movie or something. It was yeah. just totally quiet. It was so weird. It's, it's like my brain completely ignored the auditory part of that or, or couldn't connect it. It was really strange.
0: I, I don't know if I had that exact experience, but it, I, I couldn't help, but reflect on memory. And I know we've talked about it a lot, but it's, Memory is just such a fundamental part of the human experience. And the more you think about it, the more you realize how unbelievably important it is. And it's, it actually is scary in some ways, just to think that you can have this experience and then it just goes away. It's gone. And you don't even remember that it happened. That kind of freaks me out in a way. Mm -hmm. It's if nothing else, like from this podcast in the past couple of years the the idea of memory and making that a big priority is like one of the most fundamental things that we've we've come upon yeah, and the absolutely. journaling really just brought that up even more i think
1: i completely forgot what i was gonna say
0: well if you remember it feel free to jump in but I want to change tack a little bit. You, so the goal of this was to focus on reflection and memory and try to recall things. And to me, that was super valuable. I think prioritizing your memory is, is something everyone should be doing. But you had said it it was a lot more than that, and it was for me too. So what were some of the other things that you found yourself using it for? What other directions did it did it take you?
1: Oh god, I don't know where to start. Okay, so in writing down a, about, oh, well, let me just say this before we go to that. One thing people were, were starting to talk about in the Discord is, you know, what's the point of writing down all of these little mundane things? How about we skip all the mundane stuff and talk about the real exciting things? And I, I've kept little journals before, and I've written down stuff that seemed really, really mundane at the time. And then you read them years later, and they are very not mundane. Like, okay, here's an example that's actually not to do with writing. But, okay, so years ago, we live at my my older house. My my friend comes over. We hang out just like any other day. Uh, We're just sitting around drinking coffee, okay? And my dog, who is usually not super friendly, comes up and lays down next to my friend and we're we're just chilling hanging out drinking coffee talking about art or whatever typical day nothing weird about it so i i snap a picture and and i send it to heather um just thinking oh this is kind of funny that the dog is hanging out with them. so typical mundane day but a couple years like fast forward a couple years later and the friend died. The dog died. We move out of the house. <laughs> Literally everything in that picture has been broken or sold or, or gone. It's really weird. Um, the coffee cup that he's holding, I dropped a couple years later, and it just shattered. And the, it, was, it was fall time, so there were some fall decorations. You know, just little plastic stuff you don't yeah. think about. Well, Heather had dropped something on them like a year or two later, and all of them broke these little pumpkins. And it was just, it's so weird because I never realized it, but I was looking at the picture recently, and I realized that everything is gone. And every single one of those things, I just thought that they'd be there forever. So when you're writing about really simple things, it's just interesting because they don't stay simple forever, I, I guess is what I'm saying. And, and so there was a lot of things just like about work that I'd be writing down. And I'm thinking, God, this is kind of annoying to write down because it's so typical. But I guess I try to make sure that I include some of that because it doesn't always last forever forever. I guess. I'm not trying to sound dark. It's just, and, no, and sometimes no, I... in a really fun way, like a, I don't know, I can't think of a fun example, but, like, maybe I don't work at this place forever, and so the mundane things of this place will seem, you know, even though they might be kind of bland or boring at the time, a couple years from now, it might be really fun to look back at that stuff. So, in in journaling or writing down, it's it's interesting to focus on things sometimes, not always, but it's interesting to focus on things that you don't normally focus on. Sometimes they give you answers that you wouldn't normally get simply because you would never consider to question them, if that makes sense.
0: So not not to get too into philosophy and whatnot, but okay, what that makes me think of, this isn't to do with journaling necessarily, but I remember... I spent four years in a music degree in college. And when I think back to that experience, you know, it's it's a certain environment with certain people and, and you know, there there's these very important moments that happen where you, right. you know, you graduate, you do your senior recital, you do this and that. Like, there's all these moments that are supposedly really important. But when I just think back... The memories that stick out aren't those. I I right. remember just from that four years, I, I remember sitting at the fountain at UCF practicing guitar. I remember how the fountain would be going. And I had this, this book of music. And it was, I don't know, just this kind of thin flat book with a glossy cover. And I remember sitting there messing with it and if I held it at the right angle, it was almost like this sound mirror. Just the acoustics of the fountain and everything, like the the white noise of the water would reflect off of the cover. And if you held it right, it would be really loud right in your ear. And it was kind of strange. I just like the first time I found that, I was like, "Whoa, that's weird that you could just hold it and then it's like in your ear, and then it goes away." And like, that's crazy. I never really experienced that before. That's what stands out of my memory of UCF is goofing around with the music book in front of the fountain, like playing with the white noise. Point being, the mundane stuff in your life, like we we think of it as mundane or simple because we we kind of have this value system that we subscribe to of, oh, the, the big moments in your life, the ceremony, this thing, this big event, you know, you're, they said you graduate, you recital or whatever. But the stuff that, just feels important. You know, the, the stuff that defines my experience that I invested a lot of energy and four years of my life into, like my memory of that is these really simple things that aren't, yeah. like they're not, they're not that big of a deal. They didn't feel like a big deal at the time, but that actually defines that whole period of my life for me. So yeah. sit, sitting there reflecting on the mundane stuff. I don't know if mundane is the way you should think about it.
1: Right. And, and I'm not saying that you should sit down at the end of every day and write down every single detail that you really don't care about. I'm yeah, just saying right. give some, some attention to that. It, here's an example that's not so philosophical. It was just useful. Uh, before I got my job, a couple of years ago, when I was kind of teaching myself how to paint and everything, I got this commission to do these two really big paintings. And I had just done two really big paintings. And so I I figured, and I was learning so much, like how to draw perspective, how to paint, how to, you know, what the whole process is. So there's so many different things that I'm trying to learn. So I I figured it might be useful if I keep a log of everything for that first, or for this now third painting, but the first of the two paintings that I'm doing. Yeah. So I start the log and I kind of bored with it, you know, so I, I'm working on the drawing, whatever studies, learning stuff. And then at the end of the day i'm kind of just yeah i guess i'll write it down whatever i'm really not thinking much about it and it feels kind of like a chore to write it down but these paintings were really big in fact they took me almost an entire year to do the the two of them Uh, not because they're so amazing but because i was just trying to learn so many different things at once so for the first painting i'm writing down a lot of stuff That doesn't seem all that important at the time. And even, you know, I'm trying to keep track of what I'm doing, but also just the way I feel about it. So I would do these little, you know, practice paintings or studies, and I would get really frustrated with them. Just, you know, I wanted to quit art. I don't want to paint anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I just would get so frustrated, and it felt like such a unique experience. And I'd write that down, write about it. And then other times I would write down, you know, how good I felt or whatever. I just kept track of everything. So I finished that first one and I go to the second one. And I, I must have forgot about the log or something. And I'm no longer keeping the log. And I'm just working. I'm not even reading that first log that I did. And I'm working on the second painting. And I run into these emotions like, oh, God, I suck. I hate everything. I want to quit. Like, what am I doing? I don't know what's going on. Obviously, I'm a huge failure, whatever. And I start looking through stuff and I find the log and I open it up to the same point in the process that I'm in. And sure enough, I felt the exact same way. And I had totally forgotten about it. I had just written it off, I guess, whatever. And then I realized that I I had been following these emotional arcs and just everything was lining up perfectly with this log. It was so weird and so eye opening to me. And that's, kind of just what got me interested in this whole way of thinking about thinking about stuff just how i don't know how how informative that can be just knowing that you've thought these things before and so i started finding shortcuts like oh if you get really frustrated try doing this if you run into a wall with you know the perspective process then try doing this and so i set myself up a roadmap and the second one was way easier so I sometimes the worth of what you write down is not always clear at the time. It yeah. it only becomes worth something to you later, and you're not always sure what that's going to be. I guess that's that's all I'm saying with with that.
0: Okay, so slightly different thing, but I, I think still related to what what you're seeing there. One of so the the biggest. Use of this that I wound up uh, doing in the past month, and I didn't expect this, was therapy. Yeah, De- Last month was not my best. <laughs> yeah. Had some stuff going on. And there was a lot of kind of just down times of, man, feeling not good or, or kind of overwhelmed or whatever. And so, you know, I'm thinking, I guess I'll write this stuff down because it's all I can think about. And that turns into you know page after page of okay this and okay that and this is what I'm worried about and this is what I'm worried about and it it felt a little bit like at first it didn't feel terribly productive. I'm worried about stuff, and so I'm writing it down. So I'm just right like, so, so worried about yeah. It. yeah right like so okay yeah I wrote down the crappy stuff. <laughs> what how does that help me? But it takes this swirling mass of illogical thoughts and parallel realities of this bad thing, no, this bad thing, and whatever, and it, it kind of forces you to funnel that into something linear and something concrete, and you have to make actual words out of it, and you have to... You write something, and then you sit back and go, yeah, that doesn't make sense. That's not a possible thing. And and it, it's... After doing that a couple times, um, <laughs> I would you know a few days later i'd be feeling bad and i'm like well i can't wait to get home to write this stuff down because that is helpful that will make me feel better and that will help me sort through some of these things and i can at least eliminate the stuff that's insane that doesn't make any sense and i this turned out to be very useful on that front uh that was I mean I mean it was because of just some kind of a rough month I don't think it would have been necessarily the same that might not have been the most important thing for me if I were to do this a little while before or something but for where I was at that was like the most valuable part of it was using it as a tool to try and deal with some of the, the stuff swirling around in my head
1: yes absolutely this was this is not really a journaling things so much maybe the way we were initially talking about it yeah. but this absolutely is kind of where I ended up and you said it's sort of like this swirling mass of thoughts that you have to funnel down into a, a point i came prepared with a metaphor where it was a swirling mass of thread and your pen is like a pin and you have to you have to think about all these little threads or strands of thoughts one at a time and slowly untangle it and and get it to go to this pinpoint focus. Yeah. And so because writing naturally does that, that's another thing I want to talk about, just what happens when you write. But because it naturally encourages you to to have to make sense of thoughts mm-hmm. before you put them down, you you kind of have to slow down and examine things from all angles very slowly and that gives you a chance I don't know to just sort of iron these things out so when your head is this storm of thoughts and emotions and you're not totally sure what's going on when you start writing them down it just kind of slows down and yeah. everything smooths out and you start weaving this pattern of I don't know something that makes sense Yeah. so I, I was totally doing that as well
0: and it it, it it didn't take that long for that to be a a process that i w- wanted like i just had this feeling of man i would like to do that again because that was really helpful to me i mean it it i uh i think if you think about A human being Uh, think about us as a society for a second right go way back to where we were just murdering each other and eating berries and stuff right we weren't
1: i mean we're still murdering each other and eating berries but
0: that's true we don't (laughs) eat that many berries and the the murder to people ratio is a lot lower anyway we weren't doing we weren't a whole lot better off than just your average animal right and then we start coming up with certain things like language and we can communicate and that I, that had to have been big being able to talk to each other right and then we came up with written language to where people could learn stuff and then write that down and give it to somebody else and give it to the next generation they could start off maybe a little bit ahead of the last generation and that was a huge deal You think about the human brain and how, on its own, it's actually kind of not that impressive. If you just took somebody and you put them in the woods and never taught them anything, they wouldn't be a whole lot different than an animal, I don't think. But you give them language, you give them writing, you give them these tools, and that's mostly why we're where we are today with houses and technology and the internet and everything, right? Here's my point i think that writing just writing stuff down is it's it, it's it's so valuable to us it it takes us beyond a, a pretty primitive brain if you just think about how your brain kind of operates on its own, it's kind of not that impressive. It sits there and just hyper-fixates on stupid things and goes in circles and and even with language and all the stuff that we've kind of learned, it's still a bit of a mess. And I I think that you really need to use some of these tools to bring yourself beyond that kind of messy state. And I just this month of writing has made made writing feel like this very fundamental thing to me that I just, it is becoming extremely valuable where I think I'm just going to do this forever because it just, I think my mind is not that great on its own.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really glad that you liked this so much. I didn't expect you to like it this much, but I'm very glad that you did. I okay, maybe I don't know. I don't know what I thought you'd think about it, but I didn't expect you to like it this much.
0: I, I mean, it, it's not like I've never written things down in my life before, but but building this it This is into, a little different. It is. It is. Well, and that's what I mean. It is different. It's different to do it every day where it just it becomes a thing that you do. It's more habitual. It's it just you start to see it differently and you start to value it differently. I mean, there were many moments, especially early on, where I'm thinking, alright, I guess I'll write stuff down. I'm not really sure why I'm doing this. It just seems like kind of a waste of time. And you, you grind through a few days of that or, you know, however much time of just writing stuff, not really sure why. And it took a little while before I start to think, hey, wow, I'm thinking differently. This is... This is causing my mind to function a bit differently. I mean, I've heard people call it a second brain or whatever. And, you know, I don't I don't love that marketing, but but there's something to that. There's something to this idea that if you want to function as a, a human operating at a high level, using written language just for yourself, not even to communicate with somebody else, but just using it is a really powerful tool.
1: So this might be a little bit out there, but...
0: Go for it. We're getting there. Okay.
1: So in doing that little classical challenge that I was doing, I realized that I've... Very quickly, you know, when you're trying to come up with a picture on the spot from imagination, whatever, you need material to draw from. And anyone, in any creative field, you you need access to a lot of material when you go to create something, right? Right. Because imagination is nothing more than the combination of two things, two or more things. And so you need things to combine and create with, right? So I realized when I was doing that, when I would go to create something, I I just had like nothing. It just wasn't there at the. Classical challenge
0: is where you listen to a classical piece of music and then attempt to create sort of a sketch. Piece of art yeah. inspired by this classical piece. Okay.
1: Right. I I feel like I've explained it so many but... times. But yeah, okay. Yes, that's that's what you do. And and so it's very I don't know, it's kind of personal. It's like, you know, just stuff that you're thinking about. You have to create it. So I I kinda went a bit philosophical with this and I started thinking, well, what are the things in my life? that I have cared about before. In the last few years, I've been very technically minded, very focused on technical skills and whatever. And I've kind of lost, just through the daily ritual of going to a nine to five job, coming home,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, drilling through practice stuff, whatever, I've kind of lost a lot of this deeper meaning of why I do art in the first place. So, I, it, it hit me that I needed to do something about that. So, what do I do? The answers to me are, are probably in the past. A lot of experiences I've had or memories or, or whatever, but I'm never thinking about the past in any great depth. Like it's just not a part of my daily routine. Mm-hmm. So with the writing stuff, I kind of mixed it in with the meditation stuff and stop me at any point. If it stops making sense, cause it's kind of weird, but with, what I decided to do was during my 10 minutes of meditation in the morning, I would pick a a room, a symbolic room from my past to, to go visit, okay? It could be a classroom that I was in, or a gymnasium at my school, or... or a,
0: a real physical place that you're recalling from your childhood.
1: Yes. There's a, a quote from House M.D. Uh, where, where... I'm not going to remember it exactly, but... One of the patients says, that's all life is. It's a series of rooms. And who you get stuck in that room with is what life amounts to, or something mm-hmm. along those lines. So life is a series of rooms. And I've always liked that because that's I think kind of what I, think it I
0: remember is. that episode, yeah.
1: So that's kind of what I went with, is I'm going to visit not a certain time in the past, like I'm going to think about seventh grade it was i'm going to think about this exact classroom and try to remember as much as i possibly can about this this one room so i would think about that for 10 15 20 minutes and then i would write about it for about 25 minutes and as i'm writing about it you know you're slowly combing through these threads of memory and thinking about all these different different parts of the memory and experiences and it was just it was so I don't know about enlightening, but it was very informative. And I started to remember, oh, that's why I like this stuff. That's why I like this thing. This is why I think this way. This is the kind of stuff I want to draw pictures of. Oh, yeah, I used to really like, you know, this movie or this book or this story or whatever. And it started providing me with all kinds of material and information. And now I have journals full of content to use for any picture going forward. And I've begun to to construct this, un- it sounds a bit epic, it's not that epic, but it's just, just this little universe of ideas that I can draw from at any time. And, God, I'm really ranting now, but I was watching this interview with Eminem, someone who has to keep, you know, any rapper has to keep, a lot of words and a lot of ideas on the tip of their brain, uh, at the top sure. of their brain, quick, easy access to all of these ideas because they have to come up with it on the spot if they're doing a freestyle or whatever. So I watched this interview with Eminem, and I was wondering, well, how does he do it? Does he type it all up on a computer and then just you know, remember it? Does he put it in his phone? How does he do it? And he writes it all down on paper, and he says he does that because he can remember exactly where it was in a book and where it was on the page. And when he says he also uses his phone, but the problem with the phone is that when he uses the phone, he can never find it again. So he puts it on the phone. He has no reference point. Uh, he has no like material thing to, to tie it to, so he loses that note. But back to my point. He fills these pages up with all these ideas and actually... Actually, one second. So I printed out one of his pages because I just thought it was very interesting. This is the the lyric sheet for Lose Yourself. And if you look at it, it looks insane. I don't know if you've seen this before, but there's just words everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's not in a narrative format at all. It's just these little lines. You're showing
0: uh, this handwritten thing with words just kind of splattered all over the page. It's not yeah, if, typewritten in word or something.
1: Yeah. If, if you're just listening, look up Lose Yourself lyric sheet from Eminem or, or something like that. And it, there's just like single lines of words just everywhere on the page. And I, he fills these pages up like this. And then he puts them all in a box. Okay. And when he's in the studio, he has this box of loose papers with just words scrawled across all of the papers and i think that whether he does this intentionally or not or even if this is why he does it i have no idea i'm just theorizing but i think the reason he does that is to have access to all of these ideas sort of at once and he just builds this library of content that he can use at any time both you know in a physical way and a a mental memory way and so i've been trying to do that with my own experiences and I don't know. It's it's hard to explain to someone that's not an, an artist or, or whatever, but I think you probably get the picture. I've been trying to build this little world of of content. Does, does any of that make sense or am I just rambling no,
0: on? The, no, the problem is that you said way too much in the past five minutes. So I'm like, okay. Okay, first off, what you're saying about rooms...
1: Oh, yeah, I talked about, okay, yeah, I've been saying a lot. Sorry.
0: Yeah, let's back up for a second. So I told you that my memory of my time at UCF was things like me sitting by the fountain with the paper, right? This physical space that I'm, I'm in. I also remember the uh, recital hall. And, and all the times I sat in there and just the, the physical place that I occupied, I remember the chairs and how they had the little metal legs. And if you stuck your finger in and somebody wiggled around, you'd smash your finger. Like, I just, I remember the physical space so well. I remember the classroom that I always got stuck in. And I remember every time I was in there looking at these filing cabinets that were stuck against the wall that nobody used and just thinking, why did they leave those there? They've been here for like four years. Get rid of them. They're ugly. Why are they here? And I just, I think back to seventh grade and I remember the gymnasium that we'd always go into and the pegboards on the wall. I remember the the room where they kept the skates and the little bouncy balls yeah. that people would hit each other with and dodgeball, which was kind of a weird was, thing to let kids do.
1: Yeah, that was one of the rooms that I... I yeah. Did. Yeah,
0: continue. I, I don't know the point here, just... I know that the memory palace is this really powerful technique for memory where you basically take a room and then you just fill it with random things that you're thinking about, like your grocery list and stuff. Like, put that on the couch and put the eggs on the table by the couch and then put this over there. You just use your memory of this physical space to kind of fill it with other stuff. But clearly, there is something extremely powerful and and pretty deeply wired into us about physical spaces. I mean, I can... I can go back through my childhood, and most of my memories of periods in my life revolve around rooms. You're you're very right about that, and I don't that even know what my the implication.
1: Yeah, it, it was like this reverse memory palace. Is that I'm right. visiting these previous palaces or these previous rooms that I've been in, and it was very effective in in being able to revive some of these memories that I haven't thought about in years it was interesting and i've been wanting to talk about that for a while with you but i didn't want to uh, overtake the whole journaling conversation well I, but that's what i've I'm been saying. using like... journaling to do this because with without the journaling i'm just sort of free floating thinking about this stuff and it's really hard to make sense but when i add the journaling into it and yeah. it becomes a real investigation into my past and it's just been a super effective way to I don't know, to just revisit some of those things. I
0: I don't even know what to do with that idea yet because I haven't really thought about it that way. But I, you say that, and I think back to most memories of my life, and they are tied to rooms, which is just kind of a crazy thought.
1: I I wrote that down, that exact same thing down. And I realized, because I, I did this in a couple different places. And I I don't know if this is accurate or whatever, but it's just what I found is that in every single memory I could, I could recall, you know, decently. Well, it was always tied to not just a room, but like an object. If I remember talking to a person, they were sitting in an exact chair. If I remember a certain situation, I was holding an exact phone. If I, in any case, That was the case. There was also, if it was me and one other person, there was always another object or or scene prop in the memory, which was just really surprising. But what I also found was that when I was, I, I chose the gymnasium as one place to think about. And I, you know, I'm mentally walking into the gymnasium and all of my strongest memories are on the perimeter of the gymnasium. And maybe I'm just drawing conclusions where they shouldn't be drawn. But my strongest memories are on the perimeter. And I'm like, why can't I remember a single thing from the center of the gymnasium? And then I was thinking, well, is it because there are no objects in the middle of an empty gymnasium? Is it because there's just less to grab a hold of? I don't really know. But it was really frustrating to me that I couldn't. It's like in my memory, I couldn't walk past a certain point. I don't know. It was just really interesting I, to start considering objects and props and scenery and, and how important they are to your memory.
0: I, I I don't know what to do with that because it's <laughs> I'm like a little bit stunned because I'm thinking about the gymnasium. I mean, we're actually talking about the same room. Yeah. It's a big room, but it's a room.
1: Yeah, the one thinking, with the pegs I, on the wall and Yeah, the- yeah,
0: right. Yeah. I remember in seventh grade being made fun of by these other kids. And I remember they were, which is kind of funny. They were making fun of me saying it looked like Elvis, which is really not an insult. Elvis was pretty cool.
1: Did Uh, you say that to them?
0: No, at the time it felt incredibly hurtful. I haven't thought about this until now because it's this weird buried memory, but they were in the gymnasium. There was some kind of... I don't know what the gym class was, but there was this mat, like this big foamy mat and they were on the mat and I was next to it. I was like walking by. They're like, Oh, you look like Elvis, which again, very hurtful in time. Now that I think about it, that's, that's fine. (laughs) But it's a memory that is tied to a physical space and a physical object. And like, that's how I remember. I remember this mat. How is that relevant?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I kept finding.
0: I can think about the hallway attached to that gym and some of the things that were said in the hallway or in the locker room, everything seems like it's tied to some space. That's so weird to think about that. I don't know what to do with that, but that is
1: kind of blowing my mind a little bit. Right. And then the other thing I was finding is that the, Maybe it's just me, but I had such an, or I do have such an inability to remember conversations from the distant past. It's one thing, I mean, I had some trouble with it just doing it, you know, at the end of a day and trying to recall from that day. But when you go into the past, you know, in the movies, they always do these flashbacks where you remember every single word that's said. Yeah, I could not remember, and this is scary. I'm thinking about some of the most, you know most important parts of my life, and I can't remember a single word that's being said. I remember the chairs we sat in. I remember the room we're in, you know, maybe even the lighting, the expressions on our faces, the feeling of the whole general scene, but I simply cannot remember the conversation. Maybe because the words don't mean as much as the context, Mm -hmm. but I don't know, but that was... Something that became kind of scary, and i I don't know it's just really interesting because I'm trying to write down you know the whole scene and what was said, and then as soon as I get to what was said, I go blank and I can't remember, and it's really weird well i don't I don't think I have some disorder, I just think it's really difficult for me, especially to remember exact conversations, the words that were said i There's, okay. You'll probably have to try this out to... No, I know. I'm about
0: I'm about a little bit... Okay, like you said, you did your little five-minute spiel, and there's so many different things that kind of... I want to talk about. <laughs> the uh, So, part of the inspiration for the journaling thing was Dracula, and in particular, Mina. And in her journal, she talks about journaling, which is kind of meta, but how it's this you know, she's trying to, or, or she, I can't remember the quotes, but one of the things she talks about is, uh, trying to recall this, this full conversation word for word with Van Helsing, where he right. comes over and tells her all this crazy stuff and they're starting to figure out what's going on. Um, and so she, like she's writing her journal as if she's recalling this information that she had that day with Van Helsing. And I, it's a fictional story, but it's still an interesting thought of, can you do that? Can you actually really recall an entire information or an entire conversation word for word, if you were to practice that and, and keep doing that? And I've never tried to do that before because why would I? You know, one day passes and All you right. go to the next. The, I, and I haven't tried it yet. I I should. I took some kind of weak attempts, but I haven't actually sat down and tried to recall an inf- uh, a conversation word for word after the fact, but it's a fascinating thing to try and do. And I bet that it's something you can get better at. That's something that Mina was saying is that it's yeah, like a skill that you practice. The other thought though, is that you're talking about this lyric sheet of, of Eminem. I'm reading Dracula and there's this quote or this thing that Van Helsing says that I really liked. Um, it was about how knowledge is, is more powerful than memory or something like that and and I don't even want to talk about that right now but I'm I read that I was like whoa that's kind of crazy to think about and I just keep reading keep reading and then later I'm thinking what was that quote I want to see that again and I couldn't remember the exact words but I remembered exactly where it was on the page I knew that it was you know a couple lines down on the left right here I, I could like remember the shape of where the words were The physical space of the words, which is so weird because you're reading, I mean, every page looks roughly the same. It's a bunch of lines on a page in the same pattern, but I can still remember where it was physically. And what that makes me think about is how mostly we write stuff on a computer and, and there's, you know, it's, it's an infinite scroll or whatever. It's, it's not a physical thing. You know, there's no, it's all exactly the same. There's no nuance to it, but we seem to have such a powerful uh, tendency to remember physical spaces and even physical layouts on a page. So, you know, in, in this, with my own handwriting, it's very easy to to remember, oh, I wrote this down here in the middle of the page. There just seems to be something really powerful about that that we are clearly very wired into and it does kind of feel like we're losing a lot of that with you know just typing things or or relying on other other systems where they i I don't know that we've really captured the value of the the physical space of a page right uh you, you know when we when you kind of jump to some of that technological stuff
1: yeah and it, i i think that's why i really love the journals, they they almost take on when you finish one, they almost take on their own sort yeah. of aura or their own like attitude. And you just, I also name mine when I'm done because I have oh, so that's many. Interesting. They're, they're mostly uh, sketchbooks, and so yeah, I just have like twenty filled black sketchbooks that all look exactly the same. So I started naming them, and I just when I'm done, I flip through, find something that's kind of you know representative. And sounds kind of cool. And then I write that on the front. And it helps me remember what's in that that journal or what's in that sketchbook. So that's, that's what I started doing with these. Fantastic. I haven't finished and this then, one
0: yet, but I'm going to name it when I'm done. I like that.
1: So the other thing I started doing was just one of the biggest drawbacks of a journal. Or, or it, I even kind of hate calling it a journal because it just brings up, I don't know, like you're some... Teenager and you got a little heart locket on it or whatever. This is this is cooler than that, okay? Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, This this is badass journaling. Right. This is like fancy writing. Anyway, one of the biggest drawbacks, you know, if you compare it to electronic writing, is that you can't search for stuff. And it it is even though some ways it's very easy to remember where it was and you can remember more about Mm -hmm. the content it's sometimes hard to find it in a book or on your shelf or whatever. So what I started doing is, you know, I name the book, but I also do a, like a key in the front. I have circle, square, triangle, and then, you know, symbols, whatever. So if I'm writing a journal page, I'll put a circle on the, the top corner. If I'm writing about art, I'll put a triangle. If I write about the, the visitor room thing, I put a square. And so I have instant, did you already do this too? Yeah, just smiling like okay. Yeah, no, I just Yeah, yeah so you adjective. have like you have like different categories of the way you're writing and it just really helps to yeah, to figure out what you're looking at.
0: So the the way I kind of settled on for that is I I mostly treat this as I'm not really intending to read it again. You know, it's it's not documentation that I'm going to refer to over and over. Mostly, it's stuff I'm writing down, stuff that I'm thinking about. Like that's kind of the default. Where the stuff that goes in here, I'm not planning on rereading it. It's mostly about just me writing it down and the the actual the, the benefits of that process. Um, it, some of it is I'll I'll make a to do list. So um, I made a grocery list today because you know why not, and that's something I'm going to refer to. But there are other. Uh, I have this little key. And uh, so, a little I is an idea, something I I want to think about again. Like, oh, I could I could try this. Um, a, a star is something that's pretty significant, a bit of a revelation, or hey, I think I need to do this, or or just kind of like an important thought. Um, a TD is a to do item, and that's something I am intending to go back to. And they're they're kind of written along the margin, so it's really easy to pick these out. Um, and then F. Is a flashcard, and that's something that I want to put into the spaced repetition system, you know, a a thing that I'm going to memorize and, and you know commit to permanent memory. And so I, I have this little system of picking things out for, okay, this is not just part of the the flow of stuff. This actually has a destination where it's I'm going to refer back to it, or I'm going to put it into my flashcard system or something like that. And so that's been what I've settled on, and that feels pretty good to me. Where, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not trying to make sure that everything's categorized. It, it's, I'm just putting stuff down. But then it's relatively easy to kind of pick things out and say, okay, this this is going to be permanent. This has a destination and, and stuff like that.
1: One other thing I did because a couple people were talking about you know, they write on note cards or they write on, you know, post-its or note cards or whatever, and they just kind of pile up and they don't really know what to do with them. So they started going electronic and writing things that way. Yeah. Well, I've always loved the, you know, the tactile stuff. So I love writing on post-its and note cards and whatever I can get my hands on. But yeah, it created, it, it started creating a huge mess and I didn't know what to do with everything. So I got a big folder or, a you know, a big moleskin. And I keep one at my desk at work, and I keep one at home. And I also do these little uh, Post-its all the time. But when I'm done with those, I just take a glue stick and I shove them into the big (laughs) one. And so the big one becomes like this giant scrapbook where, you know, sometimes I use it directly right in. But then I also glue in these Post-its and note cards or whatever, anything I want to glue in there. And then I also ordered this little pad for for boats, (laughs) So it's a, a waterproof drawing pad. And I put that in my shower so I can take shower notes.
0: I thought about oh. doing it. I didn't actually get one, but I kind of wish I did. I like that idea. Oh, it's
1: it's amazing. And the, I I think I was telling you about this, but you it's like on a pad and you take it off the pad and you can just stick it onto the tile. And so if you looked at my shower, it looks like a crazy person lives in there because there's just these notes all over the tile. And when there's, I don't, yeah, it it looks insane. But after there's a few too many, I take them off and then glue them into the book. But that got me, and we should probably wrap things up. But that, that got me thinking about just writing all these little note cards down, all this stuff, or writing anything down. We have so many little passing thoughts and ideas that come to us throughout the day. I mean, so many. Yeah. And I've begun to realize that it doesn't even matter if they're good or bad. That, that almost doesn't come into the equation. Because what, what makes an idea good most of the time is the work you put into it or the, the amount of time you spend on it. So I was getting these little fleeting ideas of, oh, I could do a painting on, say, you know a, a ship on a water. okay And I'm like, oh, that's kind of a dumb idea. I'm not going to write that down. I'll just continue doing whatever. But then I got, you know, all these different ways of writing things down. So I would write down, okay, painting with a ship. And, you know, forget about it, whatever. Come back the next day and I'm right. And I've written down a different note of, I don't know, sea monster. And I'm going, oh, painting of ship with a sea monster. And then I start thinking, oh well, sea monsters are kind of cool. I remember this one memory of a sea monster way back in the day that I you know, I saw in a book or something. Oh, that was super interesting. And then I start doing research. And then all of a sudden I have tons of content to go with this, initially, a really stupid idea, <laughs> right? So now I've built this stupid idea that I almost passed on into this entire project. And so I've started looking at ideas that way, whereas, oh, I hate the metaphor, but... Ideas are little seeds, and you can collect a whole bunch of seeds, but if you don't know how to garden, they're just trash, like they're nothing. And so, being able to write things down, or or, or treating those stupid little passing ideas as you know worthy of at least just scribbling down quickly, if you can just get them in the ground. It's, oh, I don't even want to continue okay, with the that's metaphor, but. But I you, get, you, you it. get
0: it I yes and I I so yeah we, we gotta wrap this up at some point there's yeah. so many things that we could talk about with writing it's such an incredible avenue that is one of the major things that I also found was if I'm in a creative mindset where I, I'm getting ideas I'm thinking about something and I'm starting to. I mean it could be as simple as, oh, I gotta I gotta come up with a name for this project I'm working on or anything. When I'm really in a creative mindset and I'm I'm like ideas are happening, that mode of thinking is not really conducive to memory. Where I I have an idea, but the nature of being creative is you're you're exploring and thinking about new things. You aren't sitting there fixating on something you thought about a minute ago. Cause that prevents you from exploring new areas. So these things just kind of happen, and you think, oh, hey, sea monster in a ship—that's a cool idea. And then you think, wait, no, let's think about a, a, you know, a human-powered plane flying through a sunset. And no, let's think about this and that. And like your mind is just wandering, and it it, it actually feels really important to be able to capture that idea in a very low-friction way you know Mm -hmm. if you have to pull out your phone and then unlock it and then face id doesn't work so you got to do it again and then you have to find the app and then it's like hey can you please rate our app five stars and blah 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 and you're like no and it's like why not are you unhappy with this app like no i'm not (laughs) unhappy i just don't want to rate it five stars like are you sure like yeah i'm definitely sure and then you got to go find a thing and put in the note that's not it Like, you're you're gone you need this really fast, simple way of just getting the idea down to where you don't even have to engage with it very much. And then you're just letting your mind go to the next thing. And that's the the best way that I've found to to handle that type of creative thinking where you're just exploring and having things come to you. And so many times I'll go through that process and just have all this random stuff written down. And some of it's dumb, some of it's cool. And I'll, I'll go back to it the next day and think holy crap i don't remember any of this stuff you know there are so many ideas here that i just they were they would have been completely gone except that i was able to you know get them down and kind of externalize the memory and it's again i think that using written language is is part of what makes us where we're at like it it there's kind of this feeling of, is that really how your brain ought to work? I mean, should I really have to rely on on a book to write things down? And I think the answer is, yeah. I think that's that's where we're at. If you want to hit your full potential, you need to use your written language and your spoken language. And, and I mean, the language is part of how you think. You think with words, at least at times and everything. And, and being able to leverage your written language is just a fundamental part of operating well as a person
1: there are so many lost civilizations that we know absolutely nothing about simply because they didn't write down their history yes. they just didn't keep a record of it and not that you know this writing is for self-preservation or making your name last or, or whatever no one's going to read it when you die right uh but it's just there's just so much use for, for writing down important I, things to you.
0: I mean, my concern is just me communicating with future yeah. me. You know, being able to externalize thoughts and recall them later. And, and you know, I don't, I mean, I, I know exactly what you're saying, but, you know, the the future civilization is just me in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, yes. Okay, we should probably wrap it
0: up. Yeah, there's so many there's so many other things we could talk about with writing. It's it's the more you think about it because the it's it it's a
1: tool. It's it's an instrument and there are so many things you can do with an instrument and well, a tool. Like you know, the it, journaling is just this tiny little thing.
0: Yeah. And it and it's a deeply fundamental, deeply powerful tool and I think that we <sighs> I was so on board with tech and and with smartphones when they came out and social networks and everything. And now after a little while, I feel like there are some things that are really cool, but most of it's a scam and it's not that great. And I don't think that taking notes on your phone is better than writing notes in a notebook. I mean, it's fine. I'm not saying don't do it, but just simple, pure, pure, writing stuff down with a pen or a pencil on paper. I, I We haven't beat this yet with technology. The to-do lists, the systems. I mean, I, I do think space repetition is is huge. And I do think that technology has a, a role to play in that. Um, you could do it manually, but it's a little bit easier with, with technology. So I, I that is something I think. But just in terms of writing, like... Technology distracts us from that in most cases, and it's just really, really powerful. And I, this is one of the things I intend to do forever.
1: Yeah. And, you know, everyone was posting when we started this challenge, everyone started posting their new pens and their new, yeah, <laughs> new little journals and stuff. And it just made me so happy. I, I love this kind of thing. Just, I don't know. I just love it. But okay. Yes
0: all right that was a long one thanks everyone for listening uh i know we've been a little off and on mostly my fall has been a rough month or two um but remember the challenge for this month is to pick something that you really wanted to do and do it for two minutes every day at a specific time or or at least after a specific daily event like getting your coffee taking a shower or whatever so that's what we're doing this month um let's let's find out if that works together uh Leave us a comment, send us an email, the overanalyzerspodcast at gmail.com. We would love some reviews on some podcast sites if that's something you're into. Otherwise, we will see you next week.